0: super talk mississippi media production
1: this is gerard gibbert and thank you for listening to middays here on super talk mississippi
0: and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state you're listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
1: everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. We are live from the Element Weld Studios. Gerard Gibbert, your host, along with Rhino, back in the chair, safely ensconced amongst the controls that keep all this stuff going. Morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy.
2: Your weekend, sir? Oh, it wasn't too bad. I actually managed to complete the list. I felt like all that's what you were doing. All 140-some-odd things on the list. So now I just have the big stuff done. I got to get taxes done and dusted. I got to find somebody willing to take a risk on me and give me a mortgage and find a house worth buying or back up and punt and rent for another year or two. Oh, Lord. Well, uh. But I'm as packed as packed can be. Okay. And still exist. Ready to go. Yeah. A man without a country. (laughs) My plan from the get go was to get packed to a point where. If I found a really good deal or something, I needed to move on quickly, it would only take me about an afternoon to wrap it up, get it ready to go.
1: Yeah. So do you anticipate you'll be closer here to the super Supertalk
2: location? Uh, hopefully. Uh, maybe about the same driving distance. It just depends on where I can find a house okay. in my price range.
1: Well, I asked because, you know, that price of fuel... Oh yeah. It's figuring into that now. That isn't has
2: definitely it? shrunk the uh the, the circle I was drawing on the map on the little realtor app. Oh man. Like there was one I was looking at that was closer to Yazoo City that was a nice price, but geez, I could not afford that gas.
1: Well, it has become a factor. Oil now, folks, up as I watch it here in the Element Wealth Studios on the television $7.64. Uh, Trending at one twenty-seven point zero eight. That's getting to be real money. I heard this morning, of course, we all know we hit a record here in the U.S., record high. I think an average now of $4.17. That was yesterday. That was... A value per gallon, price per gallon, that surpassed the previous record of $4.11. That was reached in July of 2008. That, according to the American Automobile Association. In Italy, it's 8 bucks a gallon. It's, there's all kinds of reports, some areas of California, north of 7 bucks. I don't, I don't get it. I don't see how it works, honestly. I mean, this is not sustainable. Our economy is not built around that. And, and here's the deal. When you think about how much more of your disposable income, the price of oil costs, price of gas, for our highly mobile society, and, and that's not even taking into consideration how that increased price... We'll prop up the price and drive the price up of virtually everything else we buy. It just means you got less money to spend on stuff.
2: And in the grand scheme of things, you want a startling note as to how quickly things have gone up. Take your uh, Take your mind back to the year 2007, just a decade and a half ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. A movie came out starring Will Smith called I Am Legend. It's a post-apocalyptic movie where he's the only dude left in the world, and it's all being run by these vampire creatures or whatever. Yep. It's based on a book from the 50s. The book was a lot better, but it's still a good movie. But in the movie, the apocalypse happens, society crumbles, and he's the only one left, but he's driving around town because he's the only one left in a nice car. And there's a scene where he stops at a gas station and uses a manual pump to pump out the gas that's still left in the reserves there. Okay. But on the sign... In the apocalypse, fifteen years ago, gas was cheaper than it is now. Hmm. Okay. So Hollywood was forecasting is like all right the, if, if the apocalypse knew. hit now it's going to be six fifty. Yeah, and now it's
1: beyond the apocalyptic level, right? Yeah. I think that's the point here. Unbelievable. Ben from Madison on the C Spire text line, which is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. He says, geez, Louise, I was reading what would happen if the U.S. and Europe blocked Russian oil. We'd likely be paying over $7 per gallon. Mayor Pete Buttigieg just said, buy an electric car because, you know, everyone can just afford to buy a brand new car. I think we might even have some sound related to that, high Rhino? What Mayor Pete said yesterday. He's so intellectually superior to you, of course. He's got the answer.
3: Can bring significant clean transportation can bring significant cost savings for the American people as well. Last month, we announced a five billion dollar investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network, so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV.
1: This is so tone deaf, isn't it? Yeah, I just run out and buy an EV like you got all that disposable income sitting around to go buy a vehicle. And once again, the people, the segment of society, the demographic that these people maintain and purport to be advocates for, whom they say drives their policies and their policy agenda, are the very people that get hurt the most. And who benefits from folks rushing out, not that that's going to happen, that's just silly, and buying electric vehicles? Those rich people that they can't stand because they're rich. It is so dumb. They don't get their policies or uh, have the exact antithetical effect that they... That they claim to advocate for.
2: And even the number one producer of electric vehicles, Elon Musk and Tesla, came out and said, We need to up the oil production. Yeah. Said it just makes sense to do it. He gets it. But who could
1: forget how Elizabeth Warren continuously lambasts and castigates Mr. Musk? He doesn't pay enough taxes. Oh my gosh! But these people are tone deaf. So, just so you know, the president is scheduled to speak uh, in a few minutes. Actually, he's supposed to speak. Oh no, he should have already been on. It was ten forty-five Eastern. Oh, I'm shocked. He's late again. Yeah. What am I thinking? Ten forty-five Eastern. It's approximately eleven thirteen Eastern at the present time. Why is he 30 minutes late? What? This is so frustrating. And what kind of message, by the way, you talk about the need for soft skills in our society, especially Im- amongst our young people. Being punctual, that is a soft skill. It's a highly valued and necessary soft skill. This guy ain't ever punctual, ever. It's unbelievable. So he's supposed to... And so the announcement that, that uh, the White House is all decked out waiting for him. I just saw a shot of it, the podium there. He's supposed to announce that the U.S. is going to ban the import of Russian oil. Okay, that's fine. Except Russia still will supply oil to Europe. It is a... Uh, it's a part. Certainly, they're exports. We are a part of that. But that is not going to have an impact on uh, the price of oil, although it will uh, not not positively. It it may trend it upward here in the United States. It's likely to, and I think that's why the futures are up now eight dollars and forty cents, by the way. But he's not. There's going to be no announcement of the banning of the import of Russian oil into the EU because they are so highly dependent on Russia as a source of fossil fuels, to power the western side of Europe. Meanwhile, the president is scheduled to appeal to the brutal Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela to help backfill a rogue nation in Iran, and a nation under Sharia law, that being Saudi Arabia. Zero mention, and you won't hear it today either, I do not believe in his announcement, zero mention of relaxing regulations in this country, or in Canada, to exploit the abundant resources. You see, the answer to this problem lies underneath our feet, and he won't let us at it. Instead, we're going to enrich Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and Iran. This is so nuts. The greenies are killing this country. It's all on the greenies. They're wackos. They're killing us. It's just simple as that. We'll step aside here in the Element Wealth Studios for a break. Coming up, we got Doug Kelly, CEO of the American Edge Project. Don McVeigh, National Federation of Independent Small Business at 12.05. We'll be right back on Middays.
5: Mississippians pay over $1 billion a year in state income taxes. That's a billion dollars they can't use to buy groceries, school supplies, or pay rent. When it comes to most small businesses, that's a billion dollars they can't use to buy equipment, expand or offer better pay and benefits. That's why NFIB supports bills to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax and put more money in people's pockets. Visit NFIB.com slash MSTax and tell Jackson it's time to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax. Paid for by the National Federation of Independent
6: Business. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road. Road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadway safe.
8: All the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6-9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: Awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Dealer's wheel bumping us into this segment here on Middays. We are, of course, in the Element Wealth Studios. Are you thinking about or planning for retirement? Do you have a plan? Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. and. I tell you what, more than ever do you need a little help navigating the uh, the trickery, shall we say, of this highly volatile market. And I tell you, listening to the various economists and market strategists, there are no consensus of where all this is going. The one consensus I'd say there is is that the price of oil is a headwind on the economy. And historically, so here's the deal. Every recession, every recession has not been triggered by the sharp rise of the price of oil. But the sharp rise of the price of oil historically has always triggered a recession. And that is my biggest fear is that's where we're headed. What is fascinating, Rhino, is watching the Democrats, their surrogates, their media mouthpiece spin this thing. It is unbelievable. You can't blame Joe for this. Nice try, pal. And I'm not even saying that all his policies are to blame, but they're a big dang part of it. You cannot deny that. And again, yesterday, they took shots, uh, did the administration, Jen Psaki, chief propagandist for the Biden administration, at the oil industry. And I know folks have different opinions on this, but the fact is, this stuff about we have all these leases, and they're just not taking advantage of them. It takes a little time. I don't think they understand how this works. You don't just say, oh, just stick a hole over there and oil pops out. They fail to acknowledge the onerous regulatory framework in this country. Also, how those regulations have placed many of the smaller exploration firms out of business. They cannot compete. That's the other thing. That these goofy bureaucrats do not understand. The more you regulate, the more difficult you make it for smaller entities to to be viable, not just prosper, just the viability. They cannot navigate it. They cannot afford the myriad resources necessary and the costs associated. Uh, to deal with those regulations, to handle them as part of their normal business operations. They can't do it. And so what do you do? You create more concentration, and you make the so-called richer get richer. Rich get richer. It's the exact opposite of what they would like to do, which is to level the playing field, equity. Your policies. Your policies are the biggest barrier to achieving that, whatever that goal is. But the smaller companies have a more difficult time of functioning in that environment, and so we rely on a few. And it's uh, so what we end up with is less supply as a result. But it's not that easy, and it's just amazing. But what they also fail to take into account is from day one, as we've said so many times on the program, all we've heard is anti-fossil fuels rhetoric. We heard the Secretary of Transportation in the tape we just played, the sound we just played on the program say, oh, the solution is just run out and buy an electric vehicle. Problem solved. Don't worry. We're going to install these charging stations all over the place. And by the way, a core theme in mission of the charging station placement is to ensure equity that we place them so as to adequately service the marginalized population. Is that not, let's put them where they would provide the most utility, the most value, be the most functional. No, we can't do that. We got to stick them in the hood. It doesn't make any sense. That is how government operates, though, isn't it? It's exactly how it operates. But I think people, I really do believe folks are waking up. Politically speaking, this just can't be going well for the Democrats. They can try as they might, along with their mouthpieces in the media, to spin it, to detract, to gaslight, to project, however you want to do it, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think people are buying it. Fact is, when people are suffering economically, they blame who's ever in charge. They just do. You can try all you want. You're not going to get them. And what? And all we've heard, honestly, is how it's this person's fault and that person's fault and over here and over there and buying an EV and all that. What we've not heard is really one concrete plausible, viable solution to any of this. I haven't. Refuse to acknowledge that increasing supply, that's the way you drive the price down. And Lord, help us if this thing plunges us into a recession. And already we're seeing the headwinds. The markets, investors are signaling that. Now you got the Fed who's already said, yeah, we're going to raise interest rates. You raise interest rates at a, in, during a time period where economic activity is declining as a result of folks are spending more of their money on oil and the cost of everything they buy is up because of the price of oil? We talked yesterday, Rhino, about the convenience store industry, how folks are go to the gas pump at the C-stores, which is common in this country. In the old days, it was just a gas station, and then you had a C-store. Now they're combined. That's been around, what, 40 years or so. But you put that gas in the tank, and you look at it and say, well, I was going to go in and get me a this or that and the other, and you say, no, I th- I've just spent all my money to get around. That hurts that industry. I, I don't think it's working. I, I think they can. So he's, by the way, Biden finally showed up. Hey, way to go. Only what, 40 minutes late? You think at a minimum he'd apologize for that? Or maybe they would just schedule it later to give him more time. Doesn't he control that? Can he control the time of his schedule?
2: Well, you would think, but then again, he keeps telling us he's going to get in trouble if he does certain things.
1: So. And that doesn't. That just doesn't sit well with people like, well, what? I thought you were the guy in charge here. So he is announcing the ban on Russian oil. The U.S. imports 3% of its total oil consumption from Russia. Watching the price of oil on the screen at the same time, it's still in that 7 to $8 per barrel increase today. What's going to happen after that? I don't know. I, you, you have some, I saw some analysts this morning saying $300 a barrel. Yesterday, Bank of America, $200 a barrel. Goldman Sachs, 185 And if you're planning to travel on an airplane this summer, I suggest you get your tickets now. I think you're going to see the price of air travel go up significantly. Between now and then. And to the point where an industry that's just now getting back on its feet coming out of the pandemic is going to get clobbered with this stuff. I also saw yesterday, believe it or not, the Biden administration considering more COVID relief. $30 billion. More relief. We still got hundreds of billions that haven't been spent yet. Still sitting there. Just unbelievable. On the C Spire text line, before long, an electric car will be considered a right or entitlement just like the cell phones were a while back. You might be right about that. That's a good point. Unbelievable. Oh, gosh. Uh, Let's see here. Ben from Madison says, not sure if it's true, but there are a few reports out stating Biden is planning to announce oil purchases from Russia. A ban on purchases. Yeah, you're right, Ben. We're watching that right now. I'm sorry. He corrected it. Uh... What kind of president shows up to a major announcement in the beginning of a war, started by our biggest adversary, shows up to their own press conference 45 minutes late. That's not leadership. It's indicative of this administration's reactions to problems. He's also scheduled to head to Fort Worth today. And God bless our veterans. This is something to do with veterans today. God bless them, but good grief, folks. The world's on fire. Stick with us on Middays from the Element Well Studios. We'll be right back.
9: the seabrookpaint.com weather center i'm bob sullender for all your paint and coating needs go to seabrookpaint.com today periods of showers high near 54 tonight showers in the forecast as well low around 42 your wednesday mostly cloudy high near 59 and for your thursday sunny conditions high near 69 this weather brought to you by our friends at gaddis McLaurin mercantile in downtown bolton shop local gaddis mclaren mercantile your building supply experts since 1871
10: America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Outlander at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive once a day, starting at $26,095. Get up to $3,500 over book value for the trip during the spring sales event at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get thunderstruck. MSRP based on Outlander ES2WD. Price terms and vehicle availability may vary. Important restrictions and rules apply to retailer for limited warranty and more details. Offer ends 33120
11: Love, it's not the problem, right, guys? It's shopping for that diamond. How do I know I'm not
12: getting ripped off? I just want my money's worth.
11: Give us just 10 minutes at Jennifer Jewelry Company and you'll have the knowledge and confidence you need to buy her the most beautiful diamond. And if she doesn't say, wow, this is the most beautiful diamond I've ever seen, bring it back for a full refund. I'm John Ravenstein. And I'm Corey Ravenstein, and we are Mississippi's direct diamond importer with ten times the selection of diamonds you'll find in average jewelry stores. You see, the world's finest diamond cutters come to us, so there's no one else between you and your diamond. We guarantee the best price in the state. Here's our promise. Give her a Junikers diamond, and you'll not only get your money's worth, you'll also get wow.
0: Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and online at
12: JunikerJewelry.com. Juniker Jewelry. Because love can't wait.
13: Tax refund? Spend it on something you really need. A set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center. With each and every Gateway Tire purchase comes free flat repairs, free rotations, free road hazard, and free tire balancing. Plus, with four locations near you, we will make sure you and your new Kenda tires are back on the road fast. If you need mechanical repairs, visit your Jackson or Yazoo City Gateway Tire for brake work, AC tune-up, suspension service, and so much more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com.
14: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Defending national champion Mississippi State is in Biloxi for a two-game series against Texas Tech today and tomorrow. The series is being put on by the Biloxi Shuckers, and it could draw the largest attendance of any baseball series this year. Now, there is a threat of rain, but word is every effort will be made for them to play both games. First pitch is at 6 tonight at MGM Park. Limited tickets are still available. Louisiana man that led Coast Law Enforcement on a high-speed chase through Hancock and Harrison counties Friday will have an initial appearance in court by the end of the week. 51-year-old David Ruster is facing charges of armed robbery and three counts of kidnapping for binding the hands of bank tellers during that bank robbery in Waveland Friday. He's admitted to murdering and robbing a Bogalusa man Thursday, and he's also wanted for another robbery and assault in St. Tammany Parish, February 27th.
1: didn't take long. The president has left the room. So he started, what, about two minutes before we went to break? He just finished up. He says, Ukraine will never be a victory for Putin. And he said, freedom has a cost. But no indication of any intention of relaxing regulations here and leveraging the abundant resources that God has blessed this country with it's just unbelievable by the way oil now up 9 bucks 12854 that's 7% almost 8% in a single day apply that to the price of gas at the pump 30 cents uh, based on the national average, $0.33. Cents. Mike in Richton writes in on the C Spire text line, To your point on C Stores, got a half a tank of gas for 40 I guess that's $40, and a white gravy and biscuit with a side of bacon for seven fifty. and they gave me two strips of bacon. I told them this will be the last time I come in here for breakfast. That's too much. He said it's not his fault. I told him I know. Sorry. Yeah, I I think Mike's experience in decision, he's not alone. He's managing his finances. These people don't get that, do they? I just don't feel like they do. I had someone that submitted a post on uh, the little politics site that I, I manage, I and some other administrators, and the the, the essence of the post was that, uh, yeah, the prices are high, but we can travel less, we can carpool, we can bicycle, we can walk, we can choose public transportation. That's All, all that's true. And it goes on to say Ukraine cannot, and we should be grateful for that. Well, I, I get it. We're certainly better off in this country at at the present time, for sure, than Ukraine. But should we apologize for that? I, I feel like that's what this was asking for. But more importantly, okay, you start walking, you start carpooling, riding a bike. You might as well just go ahead and mark it down. We're in a global recession. It's econ- economic catastrophe. That doesn't work. I mean, it's noble, it's platitudes, it's tropes. But, and that's pro- what the left wants, right? Remember AOC? We can't fly airplanes anymore. I might be exaggerating, but it was something to that effect. It's clear. They want us to live, go backwards in time, in terms of the quality of life. God gave us tools. He gave us the ability to think, to create, to innovate. We are blessed for that. I believe He, the Almighty expects us to leverage those God-given talents, to improve the quality of life, to make things better. We've done that in this country, better than any other country. We are not compelled to apologize for that. This the innovation in this country has improved the entire world. And those countries who refuse to adopt market cap- capitalism and who were run by tyrants, authoritarians, crooks, dictators, such as Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, well, their quality of life sucks. And it's because of their own doing. Are we to reduce ours to be in solidarity with Ukraine? Well, what about helping Ukraine get to where we are and get that madman the hell out of their country? That's what we should be doing. So this move this morning of banning Russian oil, while I think it's welcomed by a lot of people because there's no question that our import of Russian oil and our dollars flowing to Russia, he's using to fund his war effort. But as long as he's still exporting that oil to Western Europe, the flow of funds continues into Putin's coffers. In the meantime, we're going to go, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? We're going to go appeal to Venezuela, Iran, and Saudi Arabia Please help. Pay no attention to all of those resources in the ground here in this country. This is just dumb. So, in order to wage a moral boycott, we are going to be more dependent on a country that is governed in accordance with Sharia law You'd have to call Iran a rogue state. I mean, they've been a pariah for some time. And, of course, Maduro's Venezuela, he ruined that country. You've seen the images and the videos of the pre-Maduro Venezuela. Looks like a U.S.
2: One of the wealthiest countries in South America.
1: His socialism screwed it up. No, it didn't screw it up. It ruined it. But the people, they're starting to lash out. They're reacting. They're protesting. But it's hard. It's hard to overturn that sort of stuff. We're just helping him. This makes no sense. No sense. That's how nutty the greenies are. Look no further than Buttigieg. And he's so cavalier, is he not, Rhino, in that video? Like, oh, just brought out and buy you your closest EV. Problem solved. How can they be that tone deaf? And this guy ran for president. And he's on the bench. And then we had Kamala. She weighed in as well. (laughs) You already know what to expect here. Listen up.
15: Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves. And the buses that take children to school and and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow Uh our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. (laughs) So today I am proud to announce that our administration is taking steps to build that better future by transforming our nation's fleet of buses and trucks. (laughs) And that transformation will begin with public buses. This year, our Department of Transportation will make available nearly $1.5 yes, Administrator Regan, with a B, (laughs) in grants to help cities and towns electrify their fleet of public buses, build infrastructure to support their fleet, and train workers to run it. These grants will make public transit more reliable and more affordable, which of course means shorter waits. And more reliable commutes for folks who need to take public transit to get where they need to go. These buses will be built in America. And these grants will also be used to train drivers and mechanics to operate, maintain, and repair this new technology. This investment will create good jobs.
1: (sighs) Where do you even start on that word, Salad? This deal about creating good jobs, good-paying union jobs. I'm so sick of the government talking about job creation. It's not your job. Stick to the Constitution. Get the hell out of the way you want to create jobs. Let private individuals, let them build and expand and invest in businesses. Get the hell out of the way, I'm telling you. This is nonsense. Electrify their public fleet. The post office already told them to stick it. You saw that? The post office said, we're not doing it. It's not practical. doesn't work. Can't afford it. They cost... Rhino just looked up. We'll get him to share it in the next segment. You just looked up, right, the price of a Chevy EV and a, and a small Chevy uh, traditionally powered vehicle. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. This is so... Home deaf. It's unbelievable. Doug Kelly, the CEO of the American Edge Project, joins us at 11.05. And then Dawn McVeigh will get her perspective from the National Federation of Independent Small Business and also get her stance on Mississippi's income tax reform legislation. That's at 12.05. More coming up on Middays from the Element Wealth Studios.
7: reserve the car you deserve at Bob Boy Honda.
4: You
12: probably know that there's
8: distribution issues impacting automakers across the industry.
7: But that won't stop us from getting you the ride of your dreams.
8: Here's how to reserve the new car, truck, or SUV that you want.
7: Step one, come to Bob Boyd and test drive a car, truck, or SUV.
8: Step two, reserve the Honda you want from our huge allocated inventory arriving daily.
7: Step three, when your ride arrives, come down, pick it up, and it's that easy.
8: Come on to Bob Boyd Honda. Let's get you a Deal. deal.
2: Bridge
8: Builders.
16: Save now and later during the Skelly money days shop
8: today and save up to $300 instantly
17: then receive up to $500 in the Skelly money to spend on your next visit for a total savings of up to $800 it's a whole
8: new level of savings plus with 60 months financing you can keep your cash because there's no money down required save
16: now and save again during the Skelly money days up to
0: $800
8: off are already low prices the Skelly money day
16: at all Miss Skelly locations
18: This is the opening agri market report. The open of the New York Cotton Exchange May cotton was up 112 to 118.10. July cotton was up 68 to 113.38. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade May soybeans were up 30 cents to 16.90 per bushel. July soybeans were up 22 and a quarter to 16.56 and a half per bushel. May corn was up 2 and a quarter to 7.53 per bushel. July corn was down 4 and 3 quarters to 7.22 and a half per bushel. At the Mercantile, April live cattle was up 30 cents to 138.20. June live cattle was down 7 cents to 133.85. May feeders up 2 cents to 164.92. August feeders down 25 to 177.85. And at the open, the Dow Jones down 125 points, 32,691. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
12: A farmer's hands deserve a hand. These are the hands that hold the soil, sow the seeds, that build, fix, and mend as they firmly grip the wheel of the entire operation. At BASF, we ensure your hands also hold the rewards of your work with smart farming technology and digital tools like Grow Smart Advantage to help every acre perform at its peak. So at season's end, we can all put our hands together for a farmer's hands. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth.
8: Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point
0: three on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome back middays from the Element Wealth Studios, Super Talk, Mississippi. Go to myElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income growth and guarantees. Oh man, so it, it just seems like this maybe this is just pipe dreaming, right? If he'd have gone to that podium today and said, okay, we're off of Russian oil, we're going to exploit and produce American energy, oil and natural gas. And he could go to our European allies and say, you got to get off of Russian energy, we're going to start producing, we're going to adjust our onerous regulatory framework so that we can increase the supply, we're going to help you out. That's, that would cause... The price of oil to reverse downward, the markets to recover. It would, it would exhort a sense of, of um, optimism, confidence. But he can't do it. He's beholden to the greenies. It just feels like it. Look no further than the vice president. And a lot of people said, oh, I can't stand listening to that. I apologize for that, folks, but we got to listen to what she says. Unfortunately, number two person in the country. That is astonishing to even make that statement. Oh, man. And then you got the Secretary of Transportation. It's just, just incredible. Absurd how he could be so just. Disavowed from reality.
2: Just yeah, it's kind of tough to to really take what he says seriously when he's representing the party that's for the the people, the the party that's looking out for the minimum wage worker, the party that cares about the poor. Except if you're legitimately poor, you can't even come close to affording an EV. Just look at the comparison in prices for what you could get an EV for versus a gas powered vehicle. You looked it up, share it. We got Chevy's here. This is just the first one I pulled up. The Chevy Spark, little compact Chevy, gas powered car. You can get it, starting price, few very few bells and whistles, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. All right. What's the cheapest electric vehicle Chevy offers? It's the Chevy Bolt. It's thirty-two thousand dollars. It's twice as much you got to go dig it. Ford. Ford makes three EVs now. They got the Mustang Mach, whatever. That thing costs. Let's see how much does it cost. That thing starting out MSRP 43895 eight ninety five. It's over forty thousand dollars. <laughs> the same company, Ford, makes a pickup, a Maverick. You could have a pickup over a hatchback, cost half that much. You can get a Ford Maverick started under twenty thousand. All right, let's go to Nissan. Our buddies at Nissan. They're a little better as far as the the difference in price, but it's still ridiculous. 2022 Nissan Leaf electric vehicle, $27,000 for the electric vehicle. You go to the Nissan Versa, their their cheapest gas power. It's almost $10,000 more, or less, excuse me. The electric vehicle is $10,000 more than the gas vehicle. That's the closest you'll find. There's no so this, way this, they this know this. The blanket idea that that you can fix this by buying EVs, there's not, not the supply, and people can't afford that. It's unbelievable because,
1: let's face it, most folks at the at the lower end of the income spectrum, they're typically buying used cars, right? Well, how many used EVs are there? They're buying used vehicles because they're cheaper. They're older. They've been used. They're not brand new. You're not paying a premium for that. Is there like this huge market of EVs? Used EVs, I should say?
2: Not that I've seen.
1: Guarantee that he will not take questions. He has no clue how to answer that from Debbie in Hattiesburg. He didn't, Debbie. I watched it. He just turned around and exited, and people were yelling at him like they always were to get him to answer some questions, but he didn't. Oh, gosh. The uh, on the ceasefire text line. What kind of president shows up for a major announcement? 45 minutes late, it's not leadership. Biden's probably in the bathroom because he can't stop Putin. who <laughs> from, Raymond? Oh, gosh. Brian in the Metro, what makes this so painful is that it's completely self-inflicted and was done on purpose. They don't want to fix it. I'm with you on that, Brian. I, I hate to admit that, honestly, because I I want to try to think that they're their um their goals are noble that they truly want but i don't think it is i think they want this radical transformation to s- some utopia that they've dreamed up where everybody is running around uh with evs and we're all green and i i don't know what that looks like but it's not the society we're accustomed to today I think it's a far less happy society and prosperous society that's what they want but they still have power they're they're good they're fine with it we'll step aside for super talk news and Fox News we're in the Element well Studios when we return Doug Kelly CEO of the American Edge project stay with us
2: yeah.
0: Listening to WFMN, Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
19: This is a Fox News alert. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden is announcing a ban on Russian oil imports as further economic punishment for the war in Ukraine.
20: European
21: allies are not expected to join the import ban. European countries are far more dependent on Russian energy than the U.S. Still, a bipartisan push in Congress has increased pressure on the White House to take action. The U.S. imports about 100,000 barrels a day of
19: Russian oil. Fox's Jared Halpern. A gallon of gas nationwide on average costs 4.17 a gallon today, a record not adjusting for inflation. The Senate passes a bill to make lynching a federal civil rights crime.
8: The House of Representatives had already passed it. The law will be named for Emmett Till, the African-American teenager killed by a white lynch mob in 1955, Mississippi, an event that helped to spawn the civil rights movement. The bill's opponents say the law
19: duplicates existing federal penalties for first-degree murder. Talk to Evan Brown. America's listening to Fox
13: Get the most out of your tax refund with a new set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center. Jackson's proudest community sponsor with four convenient locations to serve you. Along with our great prices, your new Kenda tires come with a kind of protection you can't find anywhere else. Like free road hazard, free flat repair, free tire rotations and balancing, free inspections and more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com.
14: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A third city is opting out of the state's new medical marijuana program. Brandon's mayor and board of aldermen voted to opt out Monday night on a five to two vote. Ward Two alderman Chris Vincent supports their decision.
18: There are things in this bill that will not change between now and time So.
19: I mean, if the legislature goes back in session next year and sees some things that they want to change, then
11: I'll look at it again.
14: Last week, the cities of Ridgeland and Past Christiane decided to opt out. Municipalities have until May 3rd to do so. The Mississippi Medical Marijuana Association will host several free one-day seminars this month to help teach the ins and outs of running a dispensary. They'll be held in Gulfport, Jackson, and South Haven March 22nd through the 24th. If you're interested, you can register at covasoftware.com. Ole Miss remains at number two in the latest D1 Baseball Top 25 rankings. Number two, Mississippi State dropped down to 23 after previously being ranked ninth. Bulldogs head coach Chris Limonis recently told us that the defending national champs are still trying to figure it out. We
3: haven't kind of set on anything and, um, you know, I need to see some guys play and play well.
14: The Bulldogs will take on number 17 Texas Tech as well as the unranked Princeton this week while the Rebels will face off against Memphis, Alcorn State, and Oral Roberts. Shakira Austin of Ole Miss and Iverson Molinar of Mississippi State have been named the most outstanding college basketball players in Mississippi. Austin is in the middle of a stellar junior campaign as the Rebels look to make a deep run in the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Molinar has been the Bulldogs' go-to scorer all Year as he is currently on a 31-game streak of scoring in double figures. I'm Kelly Bennett.
17: It's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20 outside on the grounds for the Mississippi Coast Coliseum Saturday, April 2nd, starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down live. Bye. Bad flower, non-point, dead court society, and special guest Giovanni and the hired guns.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Zippy Talkin'. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
17: Begin your
6: transition now.
0: Now on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Midday's Super Talk, Mississippi, in the Element Wealth Studios. We thank you so much for joining us. And joining us now, Doug Kelly, the CEO of the American Edge Project. Good morning, Doug. Thanks for coming on Midday's.
12: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So this is a this is an interesting uh, topic, and it deals with this move in this country, uh, and under consideration by the Congress to. Um, implement antitrust legislation that would affect the technology yeah. industry. So tell us uh, what you know about that and what your organization is doing with respect to that.
12: Yeah, sure. My organization is called the American Edge Project, and we're a coalition of 24 different groups that believes that technology gives us our global edge uh, in national security, and the economy, and technology is also critical for advancing democratic values across the globe. I mean, you're seeing that play out right now uh, with Russia's situation in Ukraine, as well as, uh, you know, what China's trying to do with its global ambitions. So technology is really critical, and the danger is that Congress right now is considering uh, antitrust legislation that would do three fundamentally bad things. first, um, it would break up some of the big tech companies. It would restrict how they compete, who they can compete with, and it would also limit acquisitions uh, that these companies can make. And all that would do is advantage China and other authoritarian governments to be able to swoop in and get those high-performing uh, companies that may have breakthrough technologies.
1: You know, Doug, it's, it's just as a practical and general concern, and, and um, being one that came from the technology industry, it just seems like every time government wants to insert itself into the market like this, especially one where uh, most of our innovation, if not all of it, uh, is sort of emits from this. Uh, even Regardless of the industry uh, and the industry sector and the segment, it all kind of starts right. with what comes out of this industry. They then apply those as tools to create, to make their products and services better. And that's what powers this economy. That's what advances it. But my get to my point. My concern is when government gets involved and thinks, "Well, we got to protect people from uh, these organizations, these entities, this industry." They always screw it up, and make it worse. Just as a practical matter, they don't really protect. In fact, they end up hurting us. Is what happens.
12: Yeah, your point about uh, the importance of deregulation versus regulation is right on point. Let's just take a look at technology's impact in Mississippi, right? Uh, uh, Technology-related entities have about a $4 billion a year impact in Mississippi. That's huge overall. And there's 3,000 technology-related businesses in your state alone. So holy cow. Right there, that's a lot of stakeholders in Mississippi. So when you look at the problems of what these bills in Congress would do, they kind of fall in three major buckets, right? The first, let's just look at a global point of view. It would hurt our national security, and it benefits our adversaries, right? China's goal from the start has been we want to exceed the U.S.'s global power by the year 2035 and they see technology as the way to do that. A lot of these bills apply only to US technology companies and not to China's technology companies. The second problem is is that these anti-innovation bills would fundamentally damage our economy, especially small businesses, especially startups as well. And lastly, these bills are bad for consumers, right? So technology right now gives a lot of free or low-cost services to people. I mean, order of about $1,500 a year Per person, hmm. Well, one study showed that the impact of these bills would be about a $300 billion cost to these companies. Well, consumers and small businesses are going to pay that cost. So the idea of having a $300 billion tech tax on free or low-cost services that people use right now to really get ahead, to really generate wealth, to connect small businesses with cons- consumers, that doesn't make sense at all.
1: Yeah, and and – I think it's fair to say, Doug, that uh, technology in in general is an industry where truly someone can just hatch an idea and uh, form a company in their garage. Many of our, our leading technology companies in the world, that's how they all started, with somebody's idea. And and just that kind of came to fruition in the way of some product or service, and then they developed into these giant companies. And that opportunity still exists, thank God, in this country. We haven't even come close Mm -hmm. to exhausting the possibilities there. But when government gets involved, and they and they uh, um, they promulgate this myriad of regulations, the the individual innovator. It can't meander through all that. They can't navigate it. They can't they can't create products and services to serve society.
12: Gerard, sure, you're right on the money when you talk about the importance of technology for these startups to turn into big businesses. But I'll also give you about ten thousand examples of the importance of technology to small startup businesses that may may only have three or four employees, sure. right? Absolutely. Ninety two percent of startup businesses use Gmail, free Gmail, yeah, exactly. as its email platform, right? So technology, these free and low cost services reduce the cost of creating a business, that help it increase efficiencies. And you know, as one who started my own business twice, you know, there's, the more you can minimize your startup costs, the better off you're gonna be, so your idea can become a reality. And so these tools matter to people overall, not just on the individual level, but also collectively up to our uh, uh, national security. And I'll tell you, there's no better example of what our tech companies do uh, to fight authoritarianism than right now uh, uh, against Russia, right? They're, they're taking away the propaganda that the Russian government's trying to do uh, inside Ukraine and inside of Russia. Um, you know, Google's blocking some of its map features so the Russian army can't use them to find people. There's a whole host of other things that, you know, American tech companies, look, at the end of the day, they got some flaws and things, they don't always get it right, but in this case, I'd rather depend on an American company to say, hey, we're going to draw the line here on what you can and can't do, uh, foreign government, than say to be dependent on a Chinese company that's state-controlled to, to help deliver that same message overall.
1: And, Doug, is it not true that this is a chief import uh, export excuse me, for this country? This is where almost all of it originates. It was one of the first executive orders uh, by Joe Biden last week, uh, to prohibit uh, the export of much of our technology into Russia. This is where it all comes from. You just talked about Google as an example. There's no equivalent to that from a mapping perspective that the Russian military and government's using. It all starts here. Well, there's a reason why it starts here. And my fear is that what government's going to try to do is, uh, is, is uh, eliminate that environment and crush that environment, which has been the springboard for all of this technology.
12: So you're you're exactly right. So your state has some great innovation hubs there. And innovation hubs come about when you have great ideas funded with money that gets behind it uh, and smart leaders in the community. But the foundation of all of that is do you have a federal regulatory and legal system that encourages those forces to come together to generate good returns to uh, be innovation successes? And what Congress is talking about doing is fundamentally changing that foundation of our innovation economy. And if you do that, there are a lot of unintended consequences that are gonna be happening. I can assure you, I'm from the state of Michigan and my home county is a small manufacturing county. When Congress changed a lot of laws that shipped our manufacturing base overseas, they had no idea it would result in five million U.S. manufacturing jobs lost or 43% lost in my hometown. And let me just tell you, we can't do the same thing with technology. We have to protect what we value. And technology isn't just another sector. It is the backbone of our national security, our economy, and our values. And Congress has got to protect it and nurture it and not damage it and punish it.
1: Thank you for what you do there, Doug. Your statements are, are well received, and, and I agree with you. One final thing uh, i get you to comment mm-hmm. on. The government can't keep up with the pace of technology. And so in trying to implement a regulatory framework, yes. they're so dang far behind. And that, and that drags innovation behind. It, it thwarts it.
12: You're, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, let the innovators innovate. Give them the, the runway to do the things that they do best um, and let government help incentivize that. I mean, we we need to be able to bring out to our shores much more semiconductor manufacturing and other stuff that's been outsourced overseas. Congress can help create incentives to do that and then have more investment here so we don't have overseas supply chains. That's the best thing that Congress can do is let technology flourish and invest in the innovators and invest in our technology sector.
1: totally agree, and I'll just make a final statement. What a lot of people want to see is kind of a breakdown of all these tech tech oligarchs and all this regulatory framework is going to do is create more of them. That's exactly what will happen. It plays right into their hands every time.
12: Well, I'll tell you, one thing your listeners can do, if they're as concerned about the dangers to tech as I am, yep. they can call their senator or their congressman and say, hey, we're concerned about this. Don't do this. Don't listen.
1: Appreciate it, Doug. Enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you. We'll be back with more from the Element Well Studios of Middays. Stay with us.
4: What do your customers
10: expect from you? Consistency, reliability, a healthy place for them to frequent, and fantastic customer satisfaction? That's the same thing you deserve, and you'll get it from Jenny King, the king of clean. We currently clean and disinfect over 350 businesses, buildings, healthcare facilities, schools, and offices here in the Jackson area With a 99.99% customer satisfaction success rate, plus our average customer retention rate is... jannikingsings.com
17: That's
5: Jenny Now Mississippians pay over $1 billion a year in state income taxes That's a billion dollars they can't use to buy groceries, school supplies or pay rent when it comes to most small businesses That's a billion dollars they can't use to buy equipment, expand or offer better pay and benefits. That's why NFIB supports bills to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax and put more money in people's pockets. Visit NFIB.com slash tax and tell Jackson it's time to eliminate Mississippi's individual income tax. Paid for by the National Federation of Independent Business.
13: At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside and online to save on boat, RV and motorcycle batteries. For offer details and limitations visit batteriesplus.com.
9: The best made to order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again 769-208-8283.
15: Tune
23: in to Good Things With Me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2
16: to
7: 3 p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: Dino on Super Talk Mississippi.
17: Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Welcome
1: back, everyone. Me, we are broadcasting from the Element Wealth Studios. Go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. So the market is now trending upward. It's up 390 points Uh I'm trying to figure out the reason. Evidently, it, it, it started after he spoke. It's reacting positively to that. And he, the president did advise in his remarks that Americans can expect the price of gas at the pump to hike even further. He said the decision today is not without cost here at home. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. It's all Putin's fault. Since Putin began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, I'm quoting the president here, just since then the price of gas at pumps in America went up 75 cents. And with this action, it's going to go up further. The action being, of course, the banning of Russian oil imports into this country. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize the Putin's price hike here at home, he continued, did uh, President Biden. In conjunction with our partners, we already announced that we are releasing 60 million barrels of oil from joint oil reserves. Of course, that is approximately three days of consumption. Do not think you will see a decline in the uh, price of gas or... A decline in the rise of the price of gas as a result of that action of releasing sixty million barrels of reserves. I mean that's just pittance at the end of the day. I I don't understand. That's that's just talking point rhetoric. Is all that is. Oh gosh. Um, So the UK also, I think Rhino, you, you mentioned this is also set to phase out. We just saw some. Uh, pictures on the screen in the studio here from the parliament. Evidently, they're debating. They also, by the way, uh, I saw a split screen at one point with President Zelensky of Ukraine addressing the parliament. He did, of course, our Senate remotely over the weekend. I think all 100 senators, if I'm not mistaken, were on the call, the web call, and he implored them to provide. A no-fly zone. I don't think we're going to do that. And he, of course, also appealed for more weaponry and more more assistance, more military aid in that respect. I, I don't know what the plans are there. I think we are scheduled, to, perhaps, is our Congress, to authorize several billion dollars. I want to say $10 billion is the number that comes to mind. That was one number
2: that was getting thrown around, yeah.
1: Okay. Of, um, of funding... For uh, to, to boost Ukraine, to provide assets and resources to Ukraine to fend off the Russians. So anyhow, the, but the market is uh, turned around. It is going, it's in the green now. It's just amazing to me, though, mm-hmm. that there's still no mention and no discussion of opening up oil and gas in this country. The old drill, baby, drill. Just not in the cards, is it? I don't see it. At what point will civil war break out in America again? It's coming. That's on the ceasefire text line. You know, I don't think so. I'm just more optimistic that, uh, on the other hand, uh, on the contrary, I think I should say, I think this may bring us together. I, I do. I think you're starting to see people unite. I mean, if there's one thing that's, that affects all of us, I don't see how you escape. It, it's your household finances. And with the exception of a scant few, we're all less financially prosperous since this guy's been office, in office. Now, we have a couple of listeners that happen to be staunch uh, supporters of the president that will, of course, take exception to that position. I don't care. Honestly, I still stand by it. We are less safe. Our, our household finances are in worse shape. We are less respected, I believe, on the global stage. Clearly, we have more global instability and we got we still have a border that's on fire. Yet we have a president that says the way to fix this inflation thing is to spend more money, trillions of it. That defies all economic logic and economic principle. It's just unbelievable. Who can he blame gas prices on before Putin's invasion? That on the ceasefire text line somebody texted in Rhino you may be able to find it that uh, recalled what the price of gas was the day Joe Biden took office and I want to say it was like a buck 36 or something like that and um, yeah so and I, I don't know I hadn't tracked it but that sounds like it's in the range probably and that's Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. And like I said, (laughs) political pundits and campaign engineers may want to argue the point that whoever is in charge gets hung for their economic predicament, their economic fortunes, and their economic misfortunes. That's just a fact. That's just how we we operate in this country. You know, part of the problem is you take credit anytime something good happens on an e- on the economic front, and then you dismiss or you snub <laughs> essentially any responsibility when it ain't going good. You can't have it both ways. And the reality is probably in the middle. But the notion that government should get the hell out of the way and let the free market do its thing and create a regulatory environment that allows innovation, just as Mr. Kelly was talking about with respect to the antitrust legislation, and I know there's folks out there that says, yeah, we really need to break up these big tech companies, and we've got to rein them in, and I understand that sentiment. They're too powerful. But if government does it, bet your bottom dollar it'll make it worse. There's no question. They'll end up with more power. And you'll significantly raise the barrier to entry from other startups. What I talked about is those in the garage that hatch these ideas. It's happening every day. Happening, And it is happening. He's right. It's happening right here in Mississippi. No question about it. And it's – but when you create this regulatory environment that is so onerous and it's so suppressing and so expensive to navigate and, and to, to handle, it just thwarts innovation. It's what it does. It suppresses it. That's government. After working 20 years and returning from the oil industry – it's not just trying to prepare the proper permits to the government. It takes between five to seven years of planning to drill a single hole in a section of the Gulf of Mexico. That's on the ceasefire tax line. I I hear you, and that's I think that's right. I've, I've seen too many reports. I've never worked in the industry, so I don't have first-hand knowledge, but certainly have seen lots of reports. Of, Rhino, I'm sure you have too on just how complex an undertaking that is and how expensive it is. It's the same thing, by the way, with this infrastructure bill that is supposed to fund all of this roads and bridges and airports and all this other stuff. Oh, my gosh, it takes years, does it not, from the time you, you st- contemplate a project and you commission one to the time you put a shovel in the ground because of the ridiculous regulatory framework.
2: What do they call the... The subway tunnel is it in Boston? Was it the big dig? Yeah. Where it was what, eleven years late and three times the budget over budget?
1: Of course. And that's gotta be considered as part. It's not like a uh a silver bullet here that just oh yeah, look at all them roads and bridges right after you signed this bill.
2: How many roads in the Magnolia State have been under construction as long as you've been alive? Unbelievable.
1: Venezuelan oil is heavy oil. It will not give you the fuel yields that most other feedstocks will. I guess it's fuel stocks. The biggest cut from Venezuelan oil is asphalt. Somebody texted that in. I, I'm not honestly familiar, but okay. I, I, do you know anything about that, now? But that sounds plausible to me. I do know about how Russian oil could affect air travel, by the way. I forgot to mention that. We'll, we'll talk about that when we come back here on Middays from the Element Well Studio. Stay with us.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, periods of showers high near 54. Tonight, showers in the forecast as well, low around 42. Your Wednesday, mostly cloudy, high near 59. And for your Thursday, sunny conditions, high near 69. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
11: Hey, Capital City, it's Big Pop. Inviting you to Mississippi's biggest and best gun shows, Big Pop Gun Shows, will be at the Wahhabi Shrine Temple, March 12th and 13th, I-55 South, Elton Road, Exit 88. Saturday hours are 9 to 5, Sunday hours 10 to 5. Adult admissions $8, kids 6 to 11 is only $2. Buying, and selling, and trading, and gun appraisal, over 200 tables of merchandise to the city, the largest vendors around, grab your dollar off, coupon now at BigPopGunShows.com. All federal, state, and local laws must apply. See y'all this weekend.
12: Since 1920, many great beginnings in Mississippi have
14: begun with a diamond from Britain's jewelers. Since then, we've changed in many ways, except
11: in our commitment to our customers. Hi, I'm John Albritton. At All Britons, we realize how important a diamond is to you. That's why our trained gemologist inspects every stone we sell.
14: Whether you're buying your first diamond or celebrating your 25th anniversary, you can be confident of our quality and value. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen Albritton's as their diamond store.
23: Wives, do you have trouble getting your husbands to see a doctor? Tell them the doctor has a boat for sale. At Man Up MD, we understand most men don't have a doctor, but they should. Man Up MD is a men's clinic designed for men by men to handle manly issues. From day-to-day primary care to reclaiming your energy and vigor, Man Up MD can keep you healthy and feeling your best. Check us out at menshealthmississippi.com. That's menshealthms.com.
14: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A third city is opting out of the state's new medical marijuana program. Brandon's mayor and board of aldermen voted to opt out Monday night on a five to two vote. Ward Two alderman Chris Vincent supports their decision.
18: There are things in this bill that will not change between now and time. So, I mean, if if the legislature goes back in session next year and sees some things that they want to change,
11: then... Again.
14: Last week, the cities of Ridgeland and Past Christiane decided to opt out. Municipalities have until May 3rd to do so. The Mississippi Medical Marijuana Association will host several free one-day seminars this month to help teach the ins and outs of running a dispensary. They'll be held in Gulfport, Jackson, and South Haven March 22nd through the 24th. If you're interested, you can register at covasoftware.com.
0: Mississippi.
1: Midday's from the Element Well Studios, Super Talk Mississippi. Don McVeigh will be joining us at twelve oh five. She is the director for Mississippi and Louisiana for the National Federation of Independent Small Business. We'll get her take on the uh, present economic environment as it relates to small businesses, and also she'll share with us her stance on the income tax reform legislation. That is uh, being deliberated down there at State Capitol. Also, tomorrow, CPR Fest. Oh, no, in tomorrow. Excuse me. That's tickets you got to give away later. Tomorrow, I'm going to be down at the Mississippi Trademark for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA State Championship. Hundreds of career and technical education students will be competing in Mississippi's largest youth craft competition ever, Learn more about MCEF at mcef.net. And, yes, indeed, we do have some tickets to give away later on in the program. Uh, so we had a text from William in Greenville. Did you know we were on track to have a $1 trillion trade deficit with China this year? I haven't checked it lately. William says it's insane. So i got to tell you, William, I, I don't – honestly, I don't let that – bother me too much because if china can in fact make goods uh, more efficiently and certainly more cost efficiently than they can be made here from a purely from an economic perspective we're richer because of it what bothers is that when they get to a situation where we are again relying on them such as was the case with we learned about antibiotics, right, and when the pandemic broke out, and they start using that because they're just not people that can be trusted. I mean, they're run by a communist dictator at the end of the day, and if they decide to just pull the plug, which would hurt them financially and economically, but it would hurt us and that the goods that we import from China, if we could no longer access them, that would have... Uh, an incredibly deleterious effect on our economy and perhaps our health that's the concern if they could be trusted and then trump warned us about this over and over again if they could be trusted and would be trading partners that operated on the on the up and up and that, and that's what the market a uh, global market says yeah the best place to make those goods is in china i'm for that but if it's a situation where it endangers our our safety, our security, economically and even physically, that's a problem. I agree, that's a problem. Uh, it, it it has been reported the last couple of days. You've probably seen where China has announced that Russia is evolving into their their uh, strongest trading partner, strategic partner. I think is the
2: word that. Uh, zing used unless i'm reading this wrong yeah it would take a continued record increase in the deficit to get anywhere near a trillion
1: yeah when i first saw that from william i when i looked at that i didn't come up with a trillion
2: well it's been sitting right around 300 350 billion yeah. the last few years and then last year it saw a record that was almost double that but it's still shy of seven hundred billion. Yeah, I'm so looking have to at have th- a three hundred billion increase on top of record breaking increases to reach a trillion.
1: In in January twenty two, the date I'm looking at, this is from the Census Bureau. That's where I'm looking. Uh, our exports relative to our imports yielded a, a deficit uh, that looks like three hundred and sixty billion is what it looks like to me. Are you seeing something similar to that because yeah. I I'm, I'm looking back uh a year ago in January of 21 it was 26 billion. 260, excuse me, 260 billion. So I I'm seeing that for the entire year it's 355. Yeah. Is that what you see? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um yeah, th- so it's about th- 26 billion a month, 36 billion in January. So we're on a uh, you can do the math there on a
2: run rate of what four hundred billion. Now, if you had projected it out at the end of last year, right around Christmas time, the deficit was up around eighty or ninety billion a month. Oh, that would get you close to a trillion. Yeah, but, yeah. but that you're not going to see those numbers month in month out.
1: Yeah, I mean, so and I understand it, uh, it, with William here. There's, there's people have concerns about having a, a deficit. I, I'm just in. It's just me. My opinion is I don't, I don't worry as much about that from an economic perspective. Again, I just say, look, if they can do it better, cheaper than we can, and honestly, I don't think it's in the best interest of this country to be the world's manufacturer of really low-end sort of products that don't require the kind of advanced manufacturing uh, capabilities that are now pervasive in this country. Uh, and, and eventually, I, I think you're going to see all that get automated to the point where it's not going to matter. That's already happening, and that could be brought back ashore and still keep the price in line with what we pay for it when it is imported from China, just because of labor so much less.
2: Which, it can be argued, that's why countries like China and India are so far behind in manufacturing as far as technology in the use of manufacturing – because when the West, especially America, was industrializing and automating and, and doing all these things, China and India just threw more people at it. That's right. Just, just put more people in the process because we got them. And that's helped them keep costs low, but they don't pay anything to those people. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, it's a good bit of how their workforce
1: is employed and paid because they had not figured out, because they're communists, because they haven't figured out a way to leverage innovation in that industry without killing the labor force. They haven't figured it out. And, you know, we've, we've done this on the program before, I think, had you look it up one day, is you always hear the politicians talk about manufacturing and manufacturing jobs and manufacturing union jobs, and you look at it in this country, it's a sliver of the total workforce, that work in manufacturing, yet we can't find enough people to do all the work that's available, which tells you that that's not where the demand for work and resources and human resources are, because we've transitioned away from that and we've automated much of that. That's a good thing. It shouldn't be viewed as bad. That's a good thing. But Joe Biden, I'm sure this will piss Kevin off, I don't care, Every day, it's good-paying union jobs. What did Kamala say with the electric bus <laughs> soliloquy she d- delivered? All the jobs we're going to create by to maintain the electric buses. It's just unbelievable.
2: Like municipalities don't already have a mechanic if they've got a bus fleet.
1: Exactly. What we should be trying to figure out is, How do we get municipalities out of the business of having to hire people to maintain buses?
2: It's also kind of funny when you look at the numbers. If I'm remembering correctly, she said it was going to be a $1.5 billion grant, and she made sure to point out that it's with a B. Yeah, with a B. (laughs) if, If they spent every red cent on electric buses, and you went with the cheapest possible electric bus, you're looking at... 22 2,300, maybe 2,500 buses for the country. When last shot checked, it's got 65 70,000 buses in the country. It doesn't move the needle. It's just all political populist talking point
1: garbage appealing to the greenies. But how could she stand in front of the country and make that speech at a time like this? Nobody wants to hear that, do they? Does anybody want to hear that? They want to see the price to pump tick down. That's what they want to see. Our friend Mike in Richland, he wants it to go down so he can go in the store and help the store owner out and have breakfast. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with that? In January 2021, I found it. This is from Kyle. The day this guy took office, I paid a buck thirty-six a gallon in shop. Now the Democrats will get all mad because I'm placing a great deal. Of the blame, the culpability on Biden's policies, and I'll say it again: when you stand up, just like you heard judge and 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 the vice president, they're not encouraging you to go out and buy gas-powered vehicles. They're encouraging you to just the solution. Americans is just to go run down to your local EV store and pick you one of them things up. And so, if you're if you're an oil and gas executive, what are you saying? Well, shoot. They're about to regulate us out of business here. Uh, We're going to go find something else to do. That's the problem. There's no thought on their part to increase supply as a way to bring the price down. It's like they skipped those days in econ 101 class. Not that I think Kamala has a clue about economic principles, nor Joe Biden. Let's be honest. Neither of whom I don't think have ever had to make a payroll or deal with those realities. That's why they're where they are, crazy as it is. We'll take a break here on Middays from the Element Wealth Studios. We'll come right back.
9: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
18: This is a midday agri-market report. Farmers who split up their nitrogen applications could be eligible for a few supplemental crop insurance endorsement that would compensate them if adverse weather prevents them from making in-season applications. The post-application coverage endorsement or Pace, still in the pilot phase is available in the parts of 11 states for the first time in 2022 corn farmers in eligible areas can purchase the endorsement in addition to the revenue protection revenue protection with harvest price exclusion or yield protection insurance plans but they must decide before the march 15th crop insurance sales closing date farmers also get to choose coverage that ranges from 75 to 90 percent in five percent increments unlike other crop insurance Insurance initiatives designed to achieve climate or environment-related goals like rebates or increased subsidies for specific practices. PACE is a true insurance product. Contact your crop insurance agent for more information. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi AgriNews
17: Network. It's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds for the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd, starting Mississippi's own. Three doors down. Live Hi. Down with Caesar, plus bad flower, non points, dead court society, and special guest Giovanni and the hired guns.
3: Cross, be sure to catch sports talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from three until six, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. We'll do it live
0: on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: back, everyone. Super Talk Mississippi on the C-Spire text line 6018794395. We are in the Element Well Studios and appreciate all the engagement today trying to get to all these texts. Wow, that's that's a lot. And I really appreciate it folks going to try our best to get to them. 238 per gallon on 11921. Someone else uh, texted in. Malcolm from Tishomingo says, "Can we vote tomorrow?" Uh, Scott Tupelo, when Trump gets back in the White House, can he shut down all this green talk and start back drilling on our own soil? Music to my ears, Scott. Brandon from Corinth, wouldn't comparing numbers from a pandemic to today's numbers be incorrect, especially with supply and demand and profit margins and price gouging? Well, first, I don't think there's any price gouging going on, and there's no evidence of that whatsoever. And there are a lot written about that, and a lot of analysis done on that. Uh, it, look, oil is is traded; it, it's a commodity, and it's it's traded on the open market. It's just buyers and sellers speculating. They're trying to guess at what the future is going to be like. I mean, that's just no different than buying and selling stocks. Same deal. It is. Uh, uh, just like all other sorts of commodities. The other thing that's going through the roof, you've probably seen, is wheat and corn. So it's the it's the expectation of a dramatic reduction in supply that is causing that. And, and so I guess, Brandon, what you're saying is if we're comparing the price at the pump a year ago to the price today, you're comparing uh, that information, that price as during a pandemic versus I guess you could call it more of the endemic phase (laughs) excuse me of COVID I hear you but how is that any different than Joe Biden standing up and bragging about job creation over the last year when you're comparing it to a period where government had shut down the economy and frankly killed a whole bunch of jobs and then paid people to stay home same deal so honestly, my point about comparing a year ago when Biden took office and today is really more about what that means politically. And that's why I followed up with saying, like it or not, people attach that their economic situation, good or bad, to who whoever's in charge. Uh, that's just that's just well established in politics, and politicians know that, and those who run their campaigns know that, and Democrats right now, they know that, and they're worried about it. Let's just hope Republicans don't screw it up. Uh, So, also with us importing gas from Russia in 2020, well, we imported Russia, that's from Brandon, well, Brandon, we um, we imported gas from Russia in 2020. We imported it in 2021 as well. I mean, it's really been fairly steady, and it's not a whole lot to this country. It represents about 3% of our total imports. Um, But we were far more, far closer. We were also exporting. You could go look at the maps of exports of LNG from this country abroad, certainly not doing that anymore, not to that extent. And that's, again, I, I submit it's because we have a government, I don't see how anyone could deny this, that does not want this country to consume fossil fuels. End of story, period. And I think clear-eyed people would be okay with that, as long as it doesn't cause a decrease in their quality of life, or it's more expensive. That's when the market steps in and determines the outcomes. And this government doesn't want that. It wants to determine the outcomes because it has an ideological agenda, and that is one that is totally rooted in climate change. And they believe the way to address that is to wean this country off the consumption of fossil fuels. They don't seem to care about what happens in China and India, which produce far more pollution. I'm not mistaken, when we looked it up, rhino-China produces more than the rest of the world combined, right? That's still oh, yeah. the case. So we talked also about Germany exiting the use of nuclear power. I read this morning, they're thinking about starting that up again. You seen that? Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Unbelievable. Nancy and Brandon just went to the grocery to grab some dinner. I bought six small honey crisp apples, seven dollars and21 cents. When I bought last week, it was about five bucks. Two pound ground round 1287. Jeez, last week ten dollars. Where will it go from here? Thanks for sending that in, Nancy. Mike and Gulfport, at what point do we see we are dependent on foreign manufacturing. I remember seeing NAFTA cause the closure of needle thread manufacturing all over this nation. China cut off manufacturing of shoes, for instance. There would be a lot of barefoot people. What point do we say let's get more of it made here? It's you know, it's. I think it's a matter of can you trust China? Of course, we could say no. On the other hand, if they can't export to us, they can't make it either. And how much more are Americans willing to pay for the manufacture of stuff here? Time for a break. We'll come back. We've got Don McVeigh from the NFIB. Stay with us.
0: Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Supertalk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090.
19: This is a Fox News Alert. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden is banning the import of Russian oil into the United States.
0: That means Russian oil will no longer be
12: acceptable at U.S. ports and the American people will... Deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine.
19: It's in response to Russia's military invasion of Ukraine. The president says he'll do everything he can to keep this from affecting already record high gas prices here. The first Capitol riot trial in Washington, D.C. is with the jury for deliberation. Guy Wesley Reffitt is charged with bringing a gun onto the Capitol grounds and interfering with police officers guarding the building.
14: Reffitt, who is 49 and from Wiley, Texas, did not testify, and his attorney did not call any defense witnesses, saying during closing arguments that his client should only be convicted on a misdemeanor charge of entering and remaining in a restricted area. Reffitt is also charged with threatening his teenage children if they reported him to law enforcement after the Capitol riot.
19: Fox is talking to Jay Powers. America's listening to Fox News.
21: As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105. Call today.
4: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs
14: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Supertalk Mississippi News. President Biden announced a ban on Russian oil imports at 11 this morning. The average price for a gallon of gas in Mississippi is at 385. Hal Miller of the Mississippi Trucking Association explained how this is affecting his industry.
1: Most trucking companies have contracts with their customers that have what's called a fuel surcharge in it that has an index that as
2: the fuel goes up, so does the price of the uh, uh, of transportation. And when the fuel starts settling back down, the price of transportation goes down. So the trucking companies do not have to uh, absorb 100% of the fuel increase. These fuel surcharges don't click in day one.
14: According to Gas Buddy, the Circle K in Ridgeland has the cheapest prices in the state right now at $299. The Flying J in Gulfport has gas for $305 a gallon. And there's a Double Quick in Itabina selling it for $323 a gallon.
9: Hello, everyone. I'm Bob. Welcome to the digging safety class.
17: Hey, Bob.
9: You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811.
21: I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living.
9: I know, man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh?
8: Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. It's the law, and it's just the right thing to do.
14: Supply chain issues continue to have an impact on hospitals, not just in our state but across the country.
8: There's a huge saline shortage across the country right now, and uh, saline is a um, a very needed. Uh, product in hospitals.
14: Saline is used for everything from reconstituting drugs to flushing IVs to rehydrating patients. Even a small hospital can use it thousands of times a day. Manufacturers are trying to meet demand and new production facilities are coming online. More companies are cutting ties with Russia. Fox's Jeff Manasso with the latest.
9: Netflix has suspended service in Russia, refusing to carry free-to-air propaganda channels required. Under Russian media law, Following the Ukraine invasion. The move on top of many other major Western companies cutting ties with Russia, including Apple, BP, Shell, and ExxonMobil, Visa, and MasterCard, major automakers like Ford, GM, and Harley Davidson, and Disney.
0: Your news, your talk, your weather, and your sports—all in one place. Supertalk.fm. Every show, every podcast, and every leak-breaking story—all in one place. Supertalk.fm.
4: Prime Shrimp is a proud sponsor of Tasty Tuesday on Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Go to PrimeShrimp.com to get pre-season, easy-to-cook shrimp delivered straight to your door.
5: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3, Super Talk Jackson.
0: And look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi. We're in the Element Well Studios, rolling uh, right into the afternoon with lots of rain overhead I hear there, Rhino.
2: Oh, yeah. If you're in central Mississippi, it's going to be a soggy one, and it's making its way north, so... Yep. Be aware. Nothing severe. Just a bunch of wet weather. Yeah, see a big old patch. Joining us now, Don McVeigh.
1: She is the uh, director uh, for Mississippi and Louisiana of the National Federation of Independent Small Business. Don, thanks for uh, coming in the studio today. Yeah, yeah. Glad to be
24: here. First time, right? First time in the studio. In the studio. Yeah, COVID hit, and uh, you know nobody was seeing anyone, and uh, now things are. Finally feeling normal again.
1: Yep. Fantastic. Glad to have you. All right. So we've just been talking about all sorts of uh, economic issues in this country. And uh, that's got to be creating uh, all sorts of headwinds uh, for your members, the uh, small business community. Yeah, Tell us about that.
24: It really is. You know, we have uh, our most recent survey out. We've talked many times on the show about uh, our optimism survey, and it's, we've been doing it for 48 years. And uh, out today is, uh, you know, another decrease in optimism. Also, just a real um, feeling that things are not going to improve in the in the coming three three months or so is generally what we ask them to look out and say, how, how do you feel about things? Um, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, the, the world seems to be a little bit on fire. So there's a lot on, on small business owners' minds. Yeah. Um, they're reporting that our highest rating of um, inflation being their top concern. So we have 26% of our owners reporting that that is their number one concern with running their business.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it, it wasn't too long ago that uh, talent and, and human resources right. were top of the list. I don't think that problem is. It, it may have subsided somewhat, but it hasn't gone away.
24: has it gone away. It's uh, it was ranked second.
22: Okay. <laughs> directly
24: behind inflation. Mm. So we've got 26% of owners reporting inflation, 22% reporting labor quality being their second most important part. So,
1: so from the business person's perspective, and talking about your members, the independent small business, Dawn, is inflation a problem in the context of... Of the uh, the cost of inputs in operating their business or in the context of concern about uh, consumer sentiment and and consumers' willingness to spend their money or just how far their dollars will go and how that might affect uh, them financially or perhaps a combination of the
4: two. I
24: think that's probably right. The issue is that, you know, at the end of last year, we saw a real build-up in inventory for small business owners, depending on their segment, obviously, but they were building up inventory they were they were kind of housing that now you don't see them kind of get reaching out to get more inventory so that's that's a negative because you want them to continually be getting inventory in and then the other side of that is uh the price increases so we have 68 percent of owners telling us they are having to increase their prices and that's a highest record a uh, highest reading for us in this optimism survey so when you have that many owners telling you that there's that's a piece of it, and then you have another sixty percent of owners telling us that they see loss opportunities lost in uh-huh. sales, and uh-huh. so it's because they can't get whatever they were having or you know all the all the things with the supply chain that still have you know are not still that leading issue but have fallen behind a little bit but are still there so there's all of those factors kind of playing into what's happening right now in the economy for them
1: Don, have you sought any Any uh, feedback with respect to sentiment from your members is just to the outlook and in the future. You got got the headwinds of uh, still have a talent shortage. You got inflation is a consideration. You got supply chain; they can't get stuff to sell uh, or stuff they need to make goods and services, as the case may be. Uh, These are all got to be top concerns, which they are. Uh, across the country. What are they telling you?
24: Well, they're telling us that, you know, especially with this labor uh, quality issue, and particularly in the wholesale and manufacturing and transportation industries and those segments, because they require skilled workers, particularly there, they're really... the optimism is just down you yeah. know and that's the net the net effect of what the survey ends up telling us but they don't see it improving in then coming three or six months and so that's and then on top of the you know all the headwinds as you mentioned and then the labor quality piece especially in some segments of the economy you know those are important segments that we need you know we need folks working in and so yeah it's it's not looking great for for the out, outlook right now.
1: So what are these business owners what what are they Doing to to mitigate these pressures, these issues?
24: Yeah, they're just trying to, you know, they're trying to keep their doors open and trying to, you know, trying to keep their employees that they have. You know, we always talk about hiring. Our folks want to keep the folks that they have. So we have seen over the past. Three to six months, a record highs of uh, owners telling us they've increased wages and they plan to increase wages still, because they know that that has a twofold effect. One, it helps them on the hiring side, and the you know, and then their their retention goes up and the hiring goes down because yeah. the hiring is the is the expensive piece for them because of the time and the cost it takes for a small business owner to put into that. So they want to get folks on board, get them trained, you know, get them into the fold and keep them. And so um, that's what they're doing. They're using the funds that they have and keeping their doors open. You know, consumer spending has been still good. You know, it's just that at some point, when is inflation going to finally hit to where, you know, those price increases hit to where people aren't going to spend anymore. And I think as we look at gas prices, we're starting to see that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I have seen some... Some reports uh, recently that suggest that. Uh, maybe these spikes in wages that get people to come to work are, are starting to plateau a little bit. You yeah. hearing that? Yeah, they on? are.
24: They There's not as many reporting that they are raising wages as opposed to how kind of the going into the end of yeah. last year, that fourth quarter. Yep. Um, but we still see about, I think it was about 26% of owners reported that they plan to raise wages in the coming three months. Okay. So that's still a nice, uh, I think that's down from about 30% previously, but it's good. It's still good, and I think that it is plateauing because, again, you have the labor quality issue you're contending with. So those things do go hand in hand. Have you guys
1: ever done any analysis on uh, just the, the pay scale and the range of pay? for workers, uh, that work for your members, and and, and the reason I ask that is, this debate in this country about raising the minimum wage, I'm not sure anybody's paying the minimum wage.
24: No, we, listen, you know, one of the biggest arguments on our end of that is, let the market set the wages, let the market, because every, you know, you have a small business owner in one area of Mississippi who's going to pay a lot differently than that small business owner in Oxford or in Jackson, okay, or in the Gulf Coast, you know, so there's a We know that the state is laid out differently and there's going to be different metrics. So one size does not fit all. So that's why we oppose increases to the minimum wage, because that's ultimately just a one size fits all. Here's a new labor cost that you have to pay for and you have to make your bottom line work with it. And how does that make any sense, especially with what we're dealing with right now?
1: The last report I saw from the federal government, it's like 1.9 percent of the workers in this country make minimum yes. wage, yet they put that at the top of the list as just, just widespread abuse of that, and I just don't think that's the case. All right, so I, I know that. you represent Mississippi and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You know we've got uh, a very hotly contested issue in this state that affects your members, yeah. and that's tax reform legislation. Uh, what is you guys' position on that?
24: Well, you know, we uh, got a little bit more involved than we typically get involved last week when we launched an ad campaign in support of doing something. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, we our position is is this we don't want the legisl- we don't want to do the legislature's job for them they need they were they were elected to go out there and make the tough decisions yep. figure out what is best for the state but don't leave here this session without doing anything for the people it would just be wrong okay and that's where we are we uh, su- certainly support the speaker's bill we certainly support the senator uh, senator Harkins bill the issue is that when we ask our members how they feel about things what we do is go out to our members statewide and say this is what's going to be discussed in the session you know this we're not sure quite how it's going to look because as you know it was one version last year nothing moved and so we knew there were a lot of conversations over the interim and we said well it could be elimination could be a reduction how do y'all feel 78 percent of our members told us they want to see something done and so that tells us That's a that's a big number, you know, and so what we said was, how do we how do we get involved and how do we let people know that, you know, this is a big issue for the state and it has a big impact on small business owners because most file as individuals That's right.
1: pass through pass through. So
24: we that's why we a lot of people are like, well, why do y'all care about this? Well, that's why. Yeah, because small business owners are your individuals who are running your businesses here in Mississippi. Yeah. You know, we're halfway through a phase-out of corporate franchise tax in this state, which is great.
1: Dumbest tax ever.
24: Right. So <laughs> let's do something for the little guy. Okay.
1: Well, uh, anxious to hear uh, your your uh, position on that and appreciate that, and we'll see what happens. We're, we want to see something get done as well, and we are talking to, to uh, both the house and the Senate about coming together and get something done yes. let's hope we do that
24: let's let's come together and yeah. get something done
1: appreciate you joining us today Don McVeigh the uh, National Federation of Independent small business she's the Mississippi and Louisiana director and thanks for being in the studio good to see you thanks for having me we'll be right back on middays from the Element well studio stay with us
16: From Biloxi to Batesville and everywhere in between, Mississippi families work hard to put food on the table. With near-record inflation eating into our paychecks, it's getting harder. Today, the average family is having to spend $276 more a month than the same time last year just to keep up. Mississippi leaders have a unique opportunity to put real money back into the pockets of working people by eliminating the state's income tax, allowing our citizens to keep what they earn and invest in their families, their businesses, and our communities. Now is the time for bold action that sets Mississippi on a path to success for generations to come. To send a signal to our people and the world that Mississippi is open to business, call your lawmaker and encourage them to move Mississippi forward by joining the likes of Tennessee, texas and florida and eliminating its income tax visit empowerms.org to learn more and take action
21: paid for by empower mississippi
11: here's john and Corey ravenstein for juniker jewelry company there are plenty of stores out there who buy old jewelry but ask yourself who can i trust to give me an honest valuation and then make you a serious offer at Juncker jewelry company as gemologists and appraisers We will assess accurately the real value of what you have. Bring us your old gold and platinum jewelry or Rolex timepiece. That diamond ring you inherited. Or maybe it's that diamond you just don't wear anymore because it simply lost its meaning. We tell you exactly what you have and make you the very best offer. We even buy large diamonds and entire estate collections. Most folks just want your scrap gold. So before you sell your old jewelry to just anybody, ask yourself, who can I trust? We're Juncker Jewelry Company, for over 75 years, Mississippi's diamond and estate jewelry experts. For honest valuation and the best offer, come see us today. Juncker Jewelry, Mississippi's direct diamond importer, 1485 Highland Colony Parkway in Madison, and junckerjewelry.com.
4: Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi
8: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: Becca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
17: We are back
1: in the Element Wealth Studios, midday super talk Mississippi. So just watching the markets here uh, up quite a bit. Bitcoin up a lot too. You seen that? Is it? Yeah. Bitcoin up, S and P up, Dow up five forty four uh, right now. And uh, again, not totally sure. I know what's driving it. Maybe there's a bit of relief just because the President came out of his hole, showed his face, and spoke a little bit. and and maybe there's a feeling that this little bit of um, banning of this this banning of Russian oil, which is to the United States, which accounts for three percent of our total imports, might stimulate a resolution? I'm not sure, honestly. I've been looking. I can't find any reason. But investors are finicky, and I I will say this, that today I was concerned that if we didn't bounce from yesterday, that we might not have uh, a line of support, if you will understand how markets work, and that if we didn't have, meaning folks would jump back in and start buying which means they're less likely to, uh, to sell at that level. And if that were to happen, if that did, were not to happen, I should say, then we're just going to keep going down to, like, another threshold, another level when people say, okay, enough, I'm out. But so woke up this morning, looked at the futures, didn't see that bounce back, and got concerned, uh-oh, we're going to test a new low. So now we're in, we're in uh, correction territory with respect to the Dow, and we're in, we're in bear market territory in on the NASDAQ. And so the distinction is correction territory means 10% off the most recent high, and uh, the Dow is there, and, and yesterday got really close to bear market. The NASDAQ already down 20% from its recent peak, and so it is considered to be um, in in term in the investment community's term terminology in in uh, bear market. so correction territory on the Dow bear market on the Nasdaq uh, but bouncing back today so we'll see if we cross out of that yeah Bitcoin up eleven hundred bucks today hmm. Ethereum one hundred fifteen Litecoin two point eight well, there is scuttle but the, the,
2: uh, the Biden administration is planning to roll out an executive order sometime this week dealing with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency.
1: Saw that. They're wanting to regulate it big time, aren't they?
2: Yeah, one of the selling points is that Bitcoin could be used by Russia to do an end around on the sanctions, even though... Yeah. I don't really see that happening.
1: I don't either, but uh, you're right about that. Uh, and we'll see where all that goes, but it, it seems to seems like they're hell-bent on sticking their grubby hands into that market as well. And you got to wonder, since since that's sort of been one of the features, one of the redeeming features, one of the features that attracts people into uh, crypto, is that it's not really government. It's not government money. It's not, not government-sanctioned, commissioned. It's
2: decentralized.
1: Yeah, and, and folks like that. Um, but if government sticks their grubby fingers in it, could lose, you would think, some of its luster there.
2: I mean, just look at the adoption numbers of Bitcoin in, uh, I think it was released last week. Yeah. And they were comparing the number of people that own or have adopted Bitcoin to the number of users on the Internet in the mid to late 90s. Yeah. And I want to say they, they finally crossed the threshold of, was it 96 or 97 when it was 130 million people were on the Internet, well, now there's 130 million people connected to Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, unbelievable how that uh, phenomenon has grown uh, the way it has. Uh, so interesting uh, in the NFIB's position on tax reform, which is, I would say, pretty clear they're not taking a stance and wouldn't really support that. Uh, I expect that, I should say, not taking a stance in support of one bill or the other that being the bill from the House, the bill from the Senate, which are completely different, honestly. One thing, though, that I wanted to point out, that one of the objections I see regularly, certainly in the social media universe, uh, to the House bill, which uh, does eliminate, it phases out over time totally, the income tax there are, there are many who feel like that, in doing so, that would require an increase in property taxes. And, and so their fear is, geez, if they eliminate the income tax, that means my property taxes are going to go up. And honestly, that, I think that bears a discussion. Property taxes fund services at the municipal level and at the county level. That's, that's where your property taxes go, Whereas the income tax you pay to the state government funds the general fund, those services, those expenditures out of the general fund. They're, they're two totally different pockets of money. So it's not really accurate to say, well, if we eliminate the income tax to the state of Mississippi, that means that counties and municipalities would have to raise their property taxes because uh, those counties and, and uh, municipalities do not receive monies from income taxes paid to the state. They do receive sales tax diversions to cities, sales taxes. Well, in the case of the House bill, the general sales tax tax actually goes up, and the grocery tax goes down. It phases out uh, down to 4% over six years. Initially, it is reduced by 1.5%, so from 7 to 55 and then ultimately down to 4 Talking about the House bill again. But if you recall, there is a provision in the House bill that makes whole the cities on any loss of revenue from the decrease in the grocery tax. Okay, so it's really kind of an apples and oranges comparison to say, gee, if we cut the income tax to the state, we would have to increase property taxes. That's handled, that's administered, that's controlled. Uh, with some limitations from the state but in general that's controlled by your city in which you reside and the the municipality and the county those those uh, those monies go to fund those services provided by that level of government county and city services police fire uh, general infrastructure uh, recreation etc uh, other aspects of local and county government so, there may be reasons to oppose the bill, but that's not one of them. I don't really feel that that's a, a valid one. I just wanted to, to pass that on, because I've seen that quite, quite a bit uh, as a, as a p- potential objection. And once again, there, there are drastic differences between the House and the Senate bill, and it's really a matter of, of um, you know, how much do you want to cut. The House bill cuts way more than the Senate bill does. Uh, but might it leave a hole in the budget, as the Senate contends? Well, that requires some fairly deep analysis and inspection, and, and a lot of that is projection. It's speculative. One thing that I think should be considered, and I'm, I'm saying this, as, uh, and I'm directing this to both sides, both chambers that have completely different plans, I'm not sure what the markets are going to do, honestly, Today, they're up, now it's up 364, so it's off the highs of up 555, 200 points in the last 30 minutes. It has trended downward. But if we got these economic headwinds that we're facing that do cause markets to kind of flounder, the capital gains is a real thing. And you may have people that are taking capital losses, okay? And all I'm trying to say is that that reduces their tax bill. The state of California, which generated like a $45 billion surplus last year, they attribute much of that to the wealthy Silicon Valley kids that had a bunch of stock and went and sold it and produced enormous capital gains when we had the big run-up in the market last year. And in California, it's 13%. Mississippi's 5 um, and and so that generated they said that generated a whole lot of revenue for them was just the cash outs and capital gains. I'm simply saying that in a in a market that's trending downward or where you're not likely to sell and, and take profits to generate capital gains, you're just going to pay less taxes, and that's something to consider in the mix. That that's the only message there. It's hard to tell honestly where that's going, but it's. It's volatile enough to consider it. I think that's the the main point. Hmm. The Moody Blues, Tuesday afternoon. Perfect song for this Tuesday here on Middays from the Element Well Studios. Don't forget, we got some tickets to give away, and I'm going to be down at the Trademark tomorrow for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills USA State Championship. Stay with us.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, periods of showers high near 54. Tonight, showers in the forecast as well, low around 42. Your Wednesday, mostly cloudy, high near 59. And for your Thursday, sunny conditions, high near 69. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
7: we <laughs>
14: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. President Biden announced a ban on Russian oil imports at 11 this morning. The average price for a gallon of gas in Mississippi is at 385. Hal Miller of the Mississippi Trucking Association explained how this is affecting his industry.
1: Most trucking companies have contracts with their customers that have what's called a fuel surcharge in it that has an index
2: that as the fuel goes up, so does the price of the uh, uh, of transportation. And when the fuel starts settling back down, the price of transportation goes down. So the trucking companies do not have to uh, absorb 100% of the fuel increase. These fuel surcharges don't click in day one.
14: According to gas Buddy, the Circle K in Ridgeland has the cheapest prices in the state right now at $299. The Flying J in Gulfport has gas for $305 a gallon. And there's a Double Quick in Itabina selling it for $323 a gallon.
0: The talk that keeps Mississippi talking.
12: We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it.
0: Middays with Gerard Gippert on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back to Middays from the Element Wealth Studios. Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Market now, 226. It lost, I don't know what happened, to all the steam. Was up 550 earlier. So I wanted to clarify something. Somebody wrote in and said, you quoted about 36 gas when Biden took office. Fact check, nationwide average, 256, November 2019. A couple of things. One is he took office in January uh, 2021, and so it was not – he he didn't take office when he was elected, uh, when the election was held. He took office a year ago, January 2021. The second thing is, I didn't quote the national average. I simply shared what a listener said they paid, just to clarify that. It's a distinction. The national average, I did look it up, Um, January 2021 was $2.42. And that is uh, direct from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Went went and uh, looked at the chart there. Uh, the price of gas in April 2020, just looking at this chart here, Rhino, it looks like it it was at its lowest point uh, in 2020, about 93. Uh, we do remember that it had, it had gone down even lower than that. But that's what I'm looking at on this chart right here, seems like it. Uh, anyhow, just want to pass that on. <laughs> and, of course, the line just goes upward from there. Gee Liz, if you look at that, they don't have it past February 2022, and that's when it was 361. So today, here in early March, I think we reported 411 uh, is where it stands. So, golly. I don't know anything about it, but it is a hell of a coincidence that all of the Russian bots on social media are also peddling bitcoins for whatever, if anything, that's worth. Taxing food and clothing is immoral, on the ceasefire text line. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Uh, Thomas and in Greenwood uh, says, "What's the end game? Putin isn't going to stop once he takes Ukraine and kills the president. And then what? The sanctions continue? I don't know. Honestly, I I still believe the only way to get him to stand down and stop the aggression is to force him out of money. As long as he's got money, I think he continues. That's like Biden bragging about releasing 30 million barrels from the Strategic Reserve. That's a day and a half worth of oil for the U.S., says Stephen from Starkville. He also points out, does Brandon, who we, whose text we read, Brandon from Corinth, does Brandon realize that 13 months ago we were exporting petroleum in 2020? That also from Stephen, from Starkville. Chris from Oxford says, so here's the math for you. $2 a gallon of gas compared to $4 a gallon of gas. 20 gallons four times a week. $2 difference is 160 bucks. That comes out of my profit on a weekly basis without going up on prices. I hear you, Chris. I, I and Again, it's... Less money. The big thing is that that uh, I'm concerned about from just from a macroeconomic perspective. That's just less money you have to spend on all that other stuff you buy. There's a lot of folks can't really reduce the amount of gas they consume. They can't function without it. Can't live. They got to commute, go to work. It's part of their job. Uh, Just other other uses. You can't but if they got to spend more money on that that's a requirement that gets a top priority that's the last money they got to spend on all that other stuff I go back to Mike from Richton. I just mentioned earlier in the show and that's where Mike texted in folks are reporting they're they're filling up at the convenience stores and they're not going in to spend money on the stuff they make money on they don't really make a whole lot honestly on that gas it's there for convenience more than anything you don't go in the store and buy the things they do produce profit on. It it cuts into their um, their business and it causes a an economic headache for them. But I, I hear you, Chris. Man, I, I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. I the only thing I can offer is, and unless we increase the supply, I don't see on the commodities market. I don't see the price coming down. And I think we have the power to do that. We just don't have the will. I like the famous uh, stick song, right? Blue Collar Man. I got the power and I got the will. <laughs> I'm not a charity case. <laughs> uh, the great Tommy Shaw, of course, singing the lyrics there for Sticks. If I buy some cattle, I wonder if I can hook up a hose to the butt and run it on my vehicle on it, says Richard. We're getting that uh, way, getting there, aren't we, Richard? CJ in the Delta, working Grenada today, 3 99 at the Shell Station it's just unbelievable unbelievable this question comes up again Rhino about why is the price all over the map at the retail level and that's just because the price is rising so rapidly at the distribution level at the um, at the supply level not the not the retail level that it just depends on where those those stores are with respect to their shipments their incoming shipments and again I you know I've Seen the financial statements on these C stores and those industries? It, it's not really where they make their money. Honestly, they make their money on all, all that stuff you you buy on the inside. They just want you to come, stop there, and fill your pump up, and go inside and buy something, so they can make some money.
2: It's so, twelve pack of Coke costs you seven or eight bucks at a gas station, but at the grocery store, you can get it for three or four bucks. It's
1: the convenience factor, right? Yeah, that's why they're called C stores. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't consider that gouging if, if you're willing to pay for it. It's not gouging if you know you can get it down the street for less money. And there are people now that are paying attention to that. Are they not? They're finding out. There's all these websites and apps and stuff, right, that freely disseminate that information so you can find the, the lowest price and head that way and fill up. Then, of course, you got to factor in how much does it cost you to get there if it's out of your way.
2: That's a big part of logistics and trucking is they they tell them what route to take, where to stop for gas, when to stop for gas, like because they have all that all those numbers, they have all those data points. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: That's uh, it's amazing how it has introduced efficiencies into that industry. As a result, Chris, the mailman just passed a gas station three ninety nine regular unleaded, four seventy nine for diesel. Yeah. We have little or no concise coordination of Republican leaders. It's an easy message to defeat, says Gary in the Berg, but we don't have this coordination. This is very frustrating, and Democrats continue to get off easy with this stuff. I, I hear you, Gary, and I'd like to see them do more as well and be more vocal about it. It's just, man, it's hard when you don't have any control. You don't have the numbers to control. And honestly, I think the only reason Biden came out today and banned oil imports from Russia because a lot in his party, in Congress, starting with Manchin and Tester, who last week said, this is crazy for us to be putting money in the pocket of this Putin wacko. And they kind of started it. And then we heard Pelosi on the House side give cover. You, you know Pelosi as shrewd a politician as she is. I mean, you have to give her credit for that. She tested the waters in her ranks and she got the cover to come out and say, yeah, we ought to ban Russian oil. But I also think, Rhino, they're, they're, they're smelling the political winds, shall we say, and they're seeing that it's just did not going well for you right now. And so they're pivoting somewhat. Um, I got a text here from a friend that says, why can't we negotiate directly with Canada and Mexico, share oil with uh, them, at a price the three of us decide, no offshore imports, just the three of us, wouldn't that make more sense? I'm I i I'm not sure it would satisfy the demand, I think, is the issue, of the countries. That's That would be the challenge there if we can't get enough amongst the three of us. And again, oil is a global commodity. It's traded on commodities exchanges in dollars, petrodollars. So th- those are the market dynamics of that. Uh, and there was someone else that Cedric from Dito says, I'm still throwing up over Kamala's fairy tale. Bo in Indianola says, riding through Illinois on way back home, looking at these windmills, they make you dizzy. They're just ugly. Man, go out to West Texas. You ever seen them out there? Gee whiz. At night especially when they got the little, the little lights, the safety lights, the little red lights on the top of them. David Jackson says we need to be a self-sufficient country. Is what we need to be. I hear you, David. And uh, but the reality is, most of corporate America would collapse if we couldn't sell our wares into those countries and into other countries. If they just cut off trade and we became totally isolated, that's the risk of that. It would dramatically shrink uh, their markets. And you may be okay with that, but it means lots of job losses, lots of uh, destruction of wealth. It just—it ships sailed. It's a global economy, and we got to be cognizant of that. But we got to be smart about it. We'll take a break. We'll come back with some tickets for you on middays from the Element Well Studios. Magnolia Health is made
4: for Mississippi.
23: This is Allison Calloway. Since 1954, Callaways has been family owned and operated. We offer fine merchandise at reasonable prices. We have what you need to make your outdoors beautiful and colorful. Callaways has a large selection of trees and shrubs. Callaways has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2022 collections arriving. We offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Let Calloway turn your backyard into a staycation destination. Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tanks is always the better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's in Gluckstadt, on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High.
15: Everything for home and garden—that's what Callaway's is.
8: O-R-G. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk, Mississippi
0: 97.3. you ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbons. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Middays. Super Talk Mississippi. we got some tickets to give away here in a second, but just wanted to pass this on for perspective. U.S. oil barrel imports from Russia in November of 2017, 11.5 million barrels. In November of 2021, 17.9 million barrels, an increase of 55%. Interesting. Uh, hmm. So we have steadily increased our import over that period of time. It still only represents 3% of the total. The bigger issue is just how Europe is powered by that. Rhino does have some tickets to give away for us, though.
2: Oh, yeah. CPR Fest is returning to the grounds of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum on Saturday, April 2nd. You'll have acts like Three Doors Down, Seether, Bad Flower, and many other rock bands all together for one incredible show. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, or you can swing by the Mississippi Coast Coliseum box office. But you've got a chance to win a pair of tickets to CPR Fest. All you got to do is be the 17th person to text in the key phrase to the ceasefire text line. That text line number, if you don't have it saved in your phone already, is 601-879-4395. Be the 17th person to text in the word SEETHER, and you'll win a pair of tickets to CPR Fest at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum on Saturday, April 2nd.
1: And that is S-E-E-T-H-E-R. Appreciate that, Rhino. We did want to pass on to you an announcement. Pretty big news. Dr. Thomas Dobbs, he's the head of the Mississippi Department of Health, he has announced that he is retiring. Retiring, uh, I believe, effective... This uh, coming July, right? So says he's going to return to clinical practice and also to the academic world as well. We just learned that from the Super Talk Mississippi News Department. Stuck their head in, did the great J.T. Mitchell to tell us about that. The, he's the news director here, so wanted to pass that on. On the C-SPIRE text line, I've been lucky enough to have a company vehicle for 42 years. I'm now trying to retire and will need a vehicle. I can't find one that is affordable and fuel-adjusted at an all-time high. I may have to continue working to keep my transportation. At 66, have looked for a Maverick. I hadn't heard that in a while. They're like unicorns. The ones I've seen online are 40000 bucks.
2: Yeah, that's the pickup I was talking about. It came out, I think it released okay. last year. and. Uh, I was surprised when I first started seeing it because it's a pickup truck, small size pickup, made for, by an American manufacturer for list price under 20000 thousand. Forty 40000 what do he say? Yeah, but the used car market and the way yeah. supply and demand works, all cars are more expensive, so even the Maverick's expensive.
1: Yeah. Also, I am blessed to have a pension, but when interest goes up, the pension goes down. The longer I wait to retire, the smaller my pension will be. I don't know what to do that's uh, everyday listener clay man clay i hear you i I do and i I don't know that i have any advice for you honestly but uh the, the only thing we can do is get the market and market dynamics back into play and get government the hell out i mean that's kind of been the theme of the show honestly that's my position and i'm not bending on that i just don't think that government is the appropriate manager of a nineteen trillion dollar economy. And I think every time they talk about doing stuff to improve your your financial situation and the quality of life, they screw it up, make it worse. That's exactly what's happened. How can how Rhino, how can any clear eyed person today, a year and a month out from when Joe Biden took office, say they're better off? I'd like to know who they are. I'm not saying there aren't some people that have unique situations, sure. But overall, is your economic situation better at the House? Just curious. Do you feel safer? Are you pleased with what you see at the border? Are you pleased with what you saw in Afghanistan? Are you pleased with the medical tyranny? Are are you pleased with the Department of Justice is more concerned about Pursuing parents who speak up against stupid stuff going on in their schools, indoctrination of their kids, we're more concerned about them than we are enriching Iran and cutting a nuclear deal with them in exchange for oil. Just fathom that for a second, how warped that is. How can you feel better? This entire climate change, equity, green agenda, political correct, canceled garbage is hurting all of us. That's exactly what's going on in this country right now. And it's manifesting itself. It was just fun talking points, I guess. Not fun to me, but to them. But now... The chickens have come home to roost, as they say, and they're sitting out there at the gas pump and in the grocery store and in Ukraine. That's what's happening. We are out of time here on middays. Don't forget, we're going to be down at the Trademark tomorrow for the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Skills State Championship. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone.